1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. i tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play. Off to the races. Touchdown. Oh, he's done it again. Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath,
0: and Ben. All right, who is the top priority this week? Are you going after Chuba Hubbard even with his horrible fantasy playoff schedule and a bye week coming up? If Alexander Madison is available, I'll just I'll just be the analyst here. Pick Alexander Madison up. But there are actually a lot of running backs you could be looking at right now. And we will talk about all of those plus the other positions. What's going on? It is waiver wire time. It is crunch time, guys. We're into okay. week 13. Dave, we gotta get some wins.
1: Yes. We didn't have to before, but now we do. Sorry, my IFB was cutting in and out. <laughs>
2: Okay, great start,
1: Jamie. <laughs> uh, yes, it's time to win. Absolutely, it's time to win. No more pins. As opposed as opposed to week three when it was time to lose. Yeah, you didn't have to win week three. The, or in the case of week 12 between you two knuckleheads, it's time to tie. Ugh, ridiculous.
0: Stinking start of the week gets a tie for Jamie uh, against me in a 2QB league. I'll
2: pay quarterback, baby. Let's go.
0: Yeah, it, was, it came through. it Quarterbacks, uh, we had a really, I encourage everyone, if you didn't listen to the Monday show, I know it comes out at somewhat awkward time. um, Try to listen to the conversation we had about quarterbacks. Chris has done some great research on what we've seen over the last five weeks, and it is really affecting passing games in general, quarterbacks, wide receivers. And Jamie, when I look at the wide receivers on the waiver wire this week,
2: kind of yucky, no? It's the only position that's bad, to be honest with you. I mean, quarterbacks, you have uh, potentially three starting options. Uh, Running backs are very, very good. Uh, the receivers, Blech, and uh, the tight ends are good as well.
0: It's an unfortunate reality that injuries create waiver wire opportunities, and we sure have a lot of those. So let's get to it. Jamie, give me some of the top names this week.
2: So it kind of depends on what you need uh, for the running backs because you know Hubbard is not playing this week. The Titans guys are not playing this week. Uh, they're definitely worth adding. Um, if you need somebody for this week, Jamal Williams and Boston Scott are in great spots. I prefer Scott if you tell me Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard are out. Uh, But Williams seems the most likely to get the featured role after what Dan Campbell said on Monday. So you also have Sonny Michelle in play, too. If uh, Daryl Henderson is out with the quad injury and they get Jacksonville. So there are some guys who could help you in the short term. There are guys who could help you in the long term. Uh, You mentioned Alexander Madison. Um, Ten team leagues, he might still be available. 78% is his roster percentage. Spend everything you have left for him because it's definitely looking like two starts and could be the rest of the season. And what we've seen from him in the two starts that he's made, he's been uh, an absolute star. So he would be the priority, clearly, if uh, if he's still out there. But um, you mentioned it. The, it's not just the, the schedule coming up for Hubbard. It's also is he the guy uh, fully, you know, because Amir I Abdullah has, that. you know, everything Hubbard did when McCaffrey was out early in the season, Abdullah wasn't on the team. So it's probably going to be a messy situation with a, a tough schedule, but you can't overlook the fact that, he most likely is going to have the running downs role. And then what happens if they continue to lose? Does he just get everything? Because why would you try and feature Amir Abdullah when you might have to feature Tuba Hubbard to see what you have in the future?
0: And the schedule, it's a buy this week. Then it's Atlanta after the buy. And you might use him that week. And then after that, it is Tampa, what, New Orleans, Tampa, they Tampa Bay. Bay
2: twice, New Orleans once. It's just not good.
0: Uh, it's Buffalo in week 15, Tampa Bay week 16, New Orleans week 17, And then if you do play into week 18, Tampa Bay again. So it's basically as as bad as it gets for running back in the fantasy playoffs. Buffalo, Tampa Bay, and New Orleans for Chuba Hubbard. Uh, Dave, so, okay, Jamie gave us uh, Jamal Williams, Boston Scott, Sonny Michelle. What about you?
1: Tevin Coleman. No, that's not the answer. Uh, Williams is my favorite this week. I think that, uh, assuming you can't get your hands on Madison and you need somebody for this week, Williams is the top guy for me. But let's talk about rest of season. Maybe you're good and you avoided uh, having Christian McCaffrey on Dalvin Cook on your fantasy teams and you're looking rest of season. I'm going to re-rank based on rest of season. If Deontay Foreman's still out there and your league is half PPR or non-PPR, I like him the best. He's still available in 37% of leagues. I think he's best suited for what the Titans want to do on offense. They love that physical run game. They've got a physical offensive line. He's their short yardage goal line guy. I think that he's the one. If you can wait a week for him to come back, I I don't know what the schedule is exactly like for Tennessee, but I know they have some good games left. I like him better than Hilliard. But those two guys should make your list if you're looking rest of season. I also think that Chuba and Matt Breida are kind of close. Uh, Chuba certainly ahead of Brita, but as far as rest of season guys go, I think they should both be on the list. I agree with Jamie that Chuba Hubbard, it looks like he's going to be the running downs guy and Abdullah, the passing downs guy, whether the Panthers eventually veer from that and give it all to Chuba remains to be seen. There were a lot of games where Chuba just was not very good. And we know that offensive line isn't very good. And if he's not going to get a lot of targets and catches, he's not going to be great for your fantasy squad. Brita is just an interesting pickup because the bills are looking for something from their run game. He doesn't have a lot of power, but he does have some good speed. And I think he's a little underrated as a pass catcher out of the backfield. And his role has some room to grow. Um, and yeah. so that's it for rest of season, guys. But it's a completely different conversation if we're talking about, oh, crap, I lost Alvin Cook. I lost Christian McCaffrey. I need guys now. No one that I just mentioned can help you because they're all pretty much on by. Uh, except you said, did or, say Jamal, Jamal Williams. To you said Jamal yeah, Williams. Jamal the right. would be my favorite. Like if I If I had to pick one guy to take off the waiver wire, And put into my lineup this week, it's Williams. It's Madison, right? And then Williams. Yes, 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 yes. yes. But Madison's already rostered in how many leagues? It's like already in like seventy five plus percent seventy eight percent.
0: However, Schrager informing me, he is twenty-five percent rostered on in ESPN leagues. So that yeah, and they play a lot of 10-team leagues. Wow. 10-team so leagues. It's
2: crazy. You know, it's crazy you look at it. Uh, you know, I like to take a look at some of the other waiver wire columns because uh, Chris does his early waivers on Sunday night, and then a lot of other sites do theirs on, on Monday. Uh, we do our big one, you know, Tuesday morning. And so I like to see, you know, some of the other suggestions. And it's just it's just crazy to me some of the other sites where, where players are available. Now, our, our site's a little bit different because, you know, we're, we're still, you know, a paid service. So people are a little bit more vested in it and how they approach things. But yeah, we got serious players over here. Uh, it's just, it's just crazy to me that you know some of the players who I see available weekly in other leagues that we just don't see in CBS leagues. Now you, you might see them in some, obviously, but um, yeah, our, our our roster percentages are definitely on a different scale than than other sites. And always has. To I'm going to see. I'm going to see what he's at on Yahoo leagues.
0: Madison, you might want to check Tony yeah. Pollard too.
2: Pollard, ninety-two percent roster here. Heck? Yeah.
0: Um, <clears throat> yeah. So
2: okay. There Madison are, is forty nine percent on Yahoo. Okay. Wow. All right.
0: He, I mean, just a huge opportunity for you to have a potential top five, top ten running back in Alexander Madison. Anywhere he's available, please go get him. And then, in terms of Fab, I, I don't even know how to have a Fab conversation at this point. It's you know, spend, uh, spend, spend only what you need to survive. For your
2: space. Well, I mean, fans. if you're if you're <laughs> you're scrapping to fight for the playoffs. I mean, right. Go for Boston it. Lawson Scott and Jamal Williams are must start running backs this week. If their respective backfields are empty. Yes. And it's, and that looks more likely in Detroit, right? It definitely looks more likely in Detroit. Yes. I, I originally, uh, when I sent you notes out I had Scott ahead of Williams, uh, you know, but in hearing what Nick Sirianni said and hearing what Dan Campbell said, uh, it's easier to look at and say, okay, most likely Swift is going to be out and Sanders might play. Now, the only difference would be, or the only thing to keep in mind would be is that if Howard and Sanders are out, which could be likely because they have a bye next week, you know. So they could say, "Okay, we're going to you know rest those guys, make sure they're ready for the stretch run because they are very much in the playoff hunt still." Um, that they don't want to risk Sanders coming back from the ankle injury, and if Howard's knee is not ready, Bosses got against the Jets is the easiest matchup you'll find, you know. So uh, he he would be the the priority of the guys that are not long term or Madison, you know. So would I agree, t- Dave Williams right now looks the best, but if you get to Wednesday and you're running waivers on Wednesday and you find out that Miles Sanders didn't practice, and Jordan Howard didn't practice, I'm taking Scott over Williams. Because Scott's role, I think, will be similar to Williams when everybody's healthy, but the Eagles are running the ball on a much better level than the Lions right now.
1: And you would say that it's worth it to have Scott for the one game versus Williams for... Probably one or two games, if not the rest of the season, for Detroit because they could also decide. Sure. Look, if, we're not going if, anywhere.
2: If they shut down DeAndre, so it's a different conversation. Absolutely, you know. Then, then Williams becomes a, more of a priority long term. But if it's just a one week situation, you tell me. Both guys are the lead rushers in their backfields without the competition that we're used to seeing. Scott by far. Yeah, not okay. by far, but Scott Scott's the better. But yeah,
0: but both of them. This, this is going to be a really fun starter sit week because you're going to get quite do I start these guys over David Montgomery do I start them over yes. Saquon Barkley Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> these are going to be pretty high end guys because they're both well I don't know about Scott having a role in the passing game because if Jalen Hurts plays he doesn't he's not really throwing to his running backs much anyway you Don't need it against the Jets Yeah he probably won't need it but Williams I'm going to guess he's going to have 5 catches
2: He should right? and look there, there's there's two things at play here you mentioned Jalen Hurts injury uh, Boston Scott's got a small sample size, but he's got three games with at least 11 carries. He scored 12 or more PPR points each of those games. So when he's gotten work, he's been successful with the work. Um, the jets, as we know, have been bad against the run. Um, Eagles have some offensive line concerns, especially if, you know, Jason Kelsey doesn't play. Uh, but clearly for Detroit, you have to be watching the Minnesota injury report because if they get Dalvin Tomlinson back, Michael Pierce is expected to return this week. Those are two significant pieces. Adam, you know this, I, I wish yeah. I would have stuck with it. I sent you a text message last Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday. Um, when I saw that Tomlinson was out, I said, Elijah Mitchell is my start of the week. And then I was just like, you know, oh, I got to see if Mitchell plays. I went through this on, on HQ. Uh, if I known that Mitchell was going to be guaranteed to play on Wednesday when I write the column, he would have been start of the week. Uh, just seeing that Tomlinson was out, knowing the Everson Griffin situation and and knowing that Pierce was out, that run defense was a joke against the 49ers. Yeah. And so it would be a great situation wow. for Jamal Williams. If those guys are out, but Tom I, I think Anthony Barr is a huge protocol. key too, and he uh, got
1: hurt in the game. Yeah, Anthony so if he's not available. We've seen this run defense without Barr before, and it's brutal. So if Anthony Barr ends up missing the game, then I think it's it's just only going to boost Jamal Williams. Both these guys, Scott and Williams, could be close to like top fifteen ish. If their guy right, if oh, I'm, I'm
2: starting them over Zeke, I'm starting them over Barkley, yeah. I'm starting them over Montgomery. You mentioned, I'm starting them over any Broncos running backs. I'm starting them over any Patriots running backs. Uh, they're borderline. Jonathan Taylor,
1: old. Jonathan Taylor. I mean, let's go, let's go for it. Uh,
2: it's Taylor, Madison, Scott <laughs> Williams right now, Mary. <laughs> a-
1: well, I mean, you could even make a
0: case of starting him over Kamara, if you know it, they're wait- close. Right, because is going to be a Thursday game, and hopefully he's healthy. He was limited in practice yesterday. So this is going to be a very heavy running back show. We do have to talk about all these situations. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to make the case even to pick up Jordan Howard. You know, He might be a sneaky guy. You don't have to pick him up now because he's still injured, but he might be a a guy who's in play. Um, And I would say that's kind of a risk with Boston Scott. I wonder what the depth chart looks like if all three running backs are healthy. I just want to bring that up. But, yeah, I mean, obviously there's a huge opportunity for Scott Uh, Even if only two running backs are healthy. It's kind of what I talked about last week going into the Giants game. Uh, We do have the Q&A tonight, so you can hop on in there. We'll have more information at that point and listen to the updated waiver wire takes and ask all of your questions. YouTube.com slash Fantasy Football today. We'll see you at 8 p.m. tonight. And what are we giving away, Shraggy B? Look at that. An engraved pint glass. That is really cool. And it is a $600 value. That we're giving away tonight. Or it's night. I think it's nineteen ninety nine actually. But we're giving it away. So be there at eight o'clock Eastern uh for our YouTube QA. And also Thursdays at two, Sundays at eleven thirty, and just hang with us and ask questions. Every podcast we do is at youtube.com slash fantasy football today. Okay, let's talk
2: about aside, some more. aside from six hundred dollars in cash being in there, what would what would have to go in there, Adam, for you to spend six hundred dollars on that?
0: On a um Super Bowl tickets? I'd probably do it if there was some hey, Super Bowl tickets good. in there. That's more like $6,000. Oh, I just bought a dishwasher. That that set me back. That was not fun. If there were a dishwasher in there, I'd show up for the q and I'd love to get one of those for free. There you go. Um, All right. Uh, let's go to deep leagues. All right? If you're sitting there, you're going, hey, idiots, Boston Scott, Deontay Foreman, that was two weeks ago. I can't get those guys. Jamie, who are the guys who are just barely rostered right now? It might be available... And, uh, in deeper leagues and running at running back or whatever, yeah, whatever.
2: I mean, at running back, you know, you're looking, maybe Matt Breida is still available. He's at 18%. That'd be the first one I'd look at. Tevin Coleman's at 16%. Those guys kind of go hand in hand in terms of what you think of them moving forward. Um, you could look at uh, DJ Dallas, you know, with the hope that, you know, maybe things change in Seattle's backfield from a carry standpoint, you know, Dallas Collins just is not getting the job done and Dallas obviously is the better in the passing game with five catches. As long as Rashad Penny and Travis Homer remain out, Philip Lindsay's at 14%. I would say deep, 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 deep leagues. You could look at Jared Patterson just in case McKissick is out. He didn't touch the ball last night, but at the end of the game, he was the one playing in obvious passing down situations when Gibson came off the field after McKissick hurt his neck. So just keep an eye on that. Receivers, there are – and then you could look at Austin, Austin Walter too. You know, he did have a touchdown for the Jets as they continue to work through their Michael Carter absence. Um, the receivers, there aren't a lot, but Josh Reynolds and Juwan Jennings are the two that I would look at. Reynolds scored a touchdown. Maybe he's going to be the guy for Derek Goff. There's a relationship there for those two. Uh, remember, when Reynolds joined the team was when Goff kind of got banged up a little bit. And so then we saw the Thanksgiving Day game, and they connect for a touchdown. And then Jennings gets an opportunity over the next two weeks to get a bigger role without Debo Samuel on the field. We know he's not going to do what Debo Samuel does as a rusher, but clearly there will be some target opportunities for him. And they've been you know, raving about him for the last couple of weeks, as you've seen his playing time increase. Tight Ta- ends, there's easy. Foster Moreau is the, the, yeah. the prime. And he's a flex play, too, clearly. Taysom Hill is 12% roster. Another going, yes. So widely available. What about
1: MVS? Isn't MVS available in almost three quarters of leagues?
2: Yeah, if you want to carry him through his bye, sure. He's, uh, he's playing a lot more lately. Targets have been up the last two weeks. So, sure. Good call.
0: And yeah, I, what about Kadri? Well, Kadri Allison, if he plays this week, he's got the Bucks. That's a bad sitch. That stands yeah. for situation. Um, Rashad Penny. I know you said DJ Dallas, but I feel like Rashad Penny would have the best chance of becoming the running downs guy. Obviously, there, there
2: was there was some talk hurt. going into last night. They were going to put him on IR. Oh. So I don't know if you want to carry him. Yeah, I guess not. I thought about that too when I was. I just finished writing the running backs for for the waiver wire, and I looked at Penny, and when I saw that report, I was like, doesn't seem likely that he's going to play anytime soon.
0: Oh, that's a shame. It's they really. It's sad to see the Seahawks this way. It's uh, it's it feels like the end of an era. Boy, they stink. Hey, can you make DK Metcalf the start of the week, please? We need uh, some good vibrations for him. Oh, where's Prisco?
2: <laughs> you want You want to sweat it out for uh, for four, three, three and three quarters until DK Metcalf does something? That wasn't fun. That wasn't a fun sweat with Russell Wilson last night.
1: <laughs> I bet yeah. you thought you were gonna cruise after the first touchdown. Uh, I did. I did. He he
2: didn't play well, Wilson, and no. he missed a lot of obvious open throws yeah. um, that either he overthrew or didn't even see people wide open. Um yep. and then I thought, okay, if he hits a two point conversion, I'm gonna have a really big game because he's gonna get some some production in overtime. So yeah, uh, but despite despite the uh struggles, he was the number eight quarterback, okay. tied for the number eight quarterback with Derek Carr. Uh, if he hits a two point conversion, he would have been number seven and I would have beat Adam in our two
0: yeah, well, if he had gotten a two-point conversion, obviously my Terry McLaurin would have gotten some garbage-time catch for for two point for for three points. Uh, so I would have beaten you, but potentially. So you, but you I still had
2: him. I still had Russ and Gerald Everett.
0: Sure, but oh, that's right. We would have had overtime. Right, we would have had overtime. Yeah, Dude, That that's what really pissed me off. Gerald Everett when Gerald Everett caught that touchdown, I was like, oh, I'm screwed here.
2: Uh, <laughs> I was like, let's go. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, was like, a, it was it was a battle. At that point.
0: It was a battle. You know, I don't know about you guys. I'm in a lot of leagues where it is just these last two weeks. It is so bunched up. That league, um, the the podcast leagues, it's just bunched up. Oh, yeah. Who won in the podcast league? Oh, my gosh. You, my Jalen Hurts, Christian McCaffrey. I have A.J. Brown in that league. Yeah, that was you kicked my butt. So congratulations. Thank uh, you. Um, all right. So those are some deep league options. And we'll get to news and notes in just a second. Here are all of your news and notes. There are a lot of them. Dalvin Cook has a dislocated shoulder and a torn labrum, and they said he's expected to miss at least two weeks. If he can come back from a dislocated shoulder and a torn labrum in two weeks, then good for him. Uh, but we'll just wait his, his and see. Second
2: one that he's playing through.
0: His second, he has a torn labrum. In the, what in the other?
2: His right shoulder's they got oh a torn my.
0: labrum. Okay, he's a tough guy. Debo Samuel expected to miss one to two games. Ezekiel Elliott could have a reduced work. I don't know what to do with this Zeke stuff. It's like the worst matchup, you know, mm-hmm. on a th- short week ish. So it's a full week, but it, but, we mm-hmm. it full week. We it, but we don't have until Sunday. We don't have but we don't have until Sunday to make decisions. We have to make tough well, decisions. He was on a full Thursday. participant
2: in practice, which is a great sign if you're still relying on him. Is it though? Because um,
0: that's that he was a full participant last week. He's
2: and he wasn't good. And he didn't well, really so get it's a question of If you don't have somebody else, would you rather have what Zeke has been giving you? Or would you rather have the uh, option of sitting him to avoid the pitfalls? And, and both sides obviously make sense depending on which way you go. I think from the standpoint of what Zeke has done and probably will continue to do, work in the passing game because they love him in pass protection. And probably get short yards opportunities, touchdown opportunities. And so those touch, you know, it's like if you tell me what he did against the Raiders is what I'm going to get. I don't love it. It's not the Zeke I signed up for, but I'm still starting him.
0: Here's the problem with that. He he has six catches in each of the last two games and they were both losses and no Cooper in either of them and only a half of Lamb. Oh, delicious. So, uh he's usually more like a three-catch guy. I don't know what to expect in that regard. Yeah,
2: I, again, I don't I don't think it's okay. I I love this Ezekiel Elliott, but I'm just saying the roles that he has you know, short yardage and, and and goal line touches. Plus, he's still going to get carries. And so, like yeah. you said, you know, it, it's it's a game that they should, um, at least you alluded to, a game that they should probably win against the Saints. We would have said the same thing, though, against the Raiders last week. Um, so I don't, I'm not ranking Zeke. I don't know where Dave is. I'm not ranking Zeke where I usually have him. He's still a top 24 running back for me. Uh, he's still ahead of Pollard in PPR leagues because of his role in the passing game. But I'm I'm not getting completely away from him. If I pick up Boston Scott and Jamal Williams, am I going to start them over Zeke Elliott this week? Yes, but as long as those other guys are out. But yeah. I, I think in terms of where Zeke is right now, I'd rather have him playing if I need him as opposed to unless I have a, a good bench, that I can sit him now.
0: I think that's the frustrating part too is the Thursday aspect of it because I, I feel pretty pretty certain right now that, that uh, DeAndre Swift isn't going to play. But the Eagles situation is obviously a lot cloudier. And so Zeke's just going to be kind of annoying. And honestly, I think a lot of people are going to want to start Pollard over him, but would, how, who are you guys going to rank ahead of him?
2: Who, I'm sorry, who are, you to, who are you going to rank ahead, Pollard or Zeke? Zeke in PPR, Pollard
1: or none. I'll take Zeke in both.
0: Okay. All right, more news. Christian McCaffrey out for the season. And Miles Sanders dinged up. Daryl Henderson, quad strain. We've, all, we've alluded to all of these already. Swift likely out. Pat Fryermuth concussion protocol. Uh, Darren Waller is week to week. They have not ruled him out for this week's game against Washington, but he is week to week, so we probably would not expect him, and that's why Foster Moreau is a decent pickup. Had a huge game in the one game that Waller missed. That was against the Eagles. Uh, So we expect Lamb and Cooper this week?
2: Yes. Uh, Yes. uh, Cooper returned to the team on Monday. Is still on the COVID list, but expected to be uh, off of it before the game. And Lamb was practicing in full and is out of the concussion protocol.
0: Camara was limited in practice. Uh, that's a good sign. Jalen Hurts, his availability is in question, Dave. And if Hurts doesn't go, how much would that change your feelings on the Eagles running backs at the Jets?
1: I'm still going to love the Eagles running backs against the Jets. They're still going to be able to run the ball effectively there. Not having Jalen Hurts might make them a tad less efficient, but I still think the workload will be there, if not even a lot more, just because the Jets offense is so putrid. It's going to be Gardner Minshew under center, and he can do an okay job managing the game. Hot take: as a Devontae Smith manager, I am pulling for
0: Gardner Minshew. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I just think he'll throw oh, more. Oh, it's definitely possible. Yeah. Think about oh, what he a did a with PJ i for Devante
2: Smith too. What'd you say? There's a squeaky wheel game coming for Devante Smith. Yes. Smith. Yeah. Yes. It's possible.
0: That was actually addressed because Smith was hollering for the ball, and Sirianni's explained the coverage that the Giants were playing, he just it just wasn't the right time to throw. It wasn't a good play for him, whatever. He wasn't the option. Uh, but he did want the ball at the end there. And uh, let's see. Minnesota's Patrick Peterson on the reserve COVID list. Jamie, Minnesota is your number one waiver wire DST this week against Detroit or at Detroit. Do the injuries matter?
2: Not for this week. I mean, you saw the Bears were beat up last week. You know, you don't really need a standout, member of your secondary against the Detroit passing game based on how this team operates. And so uh, it's not as appealing, clearly, but if you look at the options available to pick up for defenses and DSTs this week, there aren't a lot of great ones. So I still would stick with the Vikings, and they're still going to be a top five DST for me this week.
1: Every single DST to play against Detroit this year has put up at least eight fantasy points in a typical scoring league and a bunch of put up double digits.
0: Yeah. And Cliff Kingsbury hopeful that Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins will play this week. Why would you go to Oklahoma if you're
1: coaching in the NFL? I wouldn't do nice, that. The money is just as green there as it is in Arizona. I don't but it's a much more prestigious job. To, is it? I think so in the NFL. And you don't have to recruit, I agree, You don't have to go traveling, traveling
0: that. recruiting. I don't think that must be so annoying.
1: But if if, if fantasy football nerd alert dot net came to you, Adam, and offered you triple your salary. There's no now, way are they're offering that. this conversation live on the air. I hope you are. <laughs> if they offered you triple your salary, would you at least think about it for $30,000? Yes, I would. I would definitely.
0: That's go. what I'm saying. Uh, no, they're not going to offer him triple his salary. He's an NFL head coach. I think he would have a lot more job security though in college because he'll probably do great. And
2: you know, he'll get a college job whenever he wants it. If he gets fired from right the Cardinals, Not so every day. does, okay, matter, okay. does he want, Oops. does he want this job?
0: Right or yeah, hey, come to Miami, we'll take you.
1: All right. <laughs> so, <that> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. What was that? I said triple salary, not half your salary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, that's pretty much it. There's some
0: other
2: stuff, but it's boring. So let's go to the top three priorities at priorities at each position. I just want to add one thing because you mentioned Kamara. Uh, Mark Ingram practiced in full, yeah. So he should be he should be good to go, and still has flex upside even with Kamara playing. Wait, so I should drop Tony Jones? After last week? (laughs) Okay. Top three at each position. Jamie, give us the quarterbacks. Uh, Taysom Hill would be one. Uh, Just, you know, you saw what he gave you last year, and hopefully that's the type of performance you get moving forward. 22 or more fantasy points in three of the four starts that he made. Uh, Number two and three, I go back and forth on, but I'm going to give Tua the number two spot because it makes sense. And I'm going to give Heineke the number three spot. Uh, Tua has played great as the Dolphins have uh, put themselves in playoff contention and has a good matchup against the Giants. Heinicke has played great as he's helped the Washington Football Team get in playoff contention, but Tua's stats have been a little bit better, and I trust him a little bit more right now taking on the Giants. Even though Heinicke has a good matchup against the Raiders, I think you can see the uh, Antonio Gibson show, who's got an unbelievable scenario if if JD McKissick is out.
0: So Taysom Hill, the situation is is different than last year. Obviously, two main reasons I'd say: uh, no Michael Thomas, and now you've got this foot injury, and if he can't run. That's going to be problematic. So, uh, Dave, I'll let you get in there first. What do you expect from Taysom Hill? As Jamie mentioned, three very good games. And the only game that he didn't... Well, three good games. Three solid startable games last year out of four. The only game that wasn't was that wacky Denver game where Kendall Hinton was the quarterback. He didn't have to do anything. Right, exactly. uh, But what do you think this time around? Is it as appealing? Half as appealing? Three times as appealing like the Oklahoma job? What do you think?
1: We're looking at a quarterback who's given us some good numbers in the past. We know what his upside is and what his potential is. And there is some long-term ramifications if you're streaming quarterbacks. It's the only reason why I'm putting him ahead of Heineke on my quarterback list. I think he's the top guy to get. You're speculating. You're hoping that the foot injury isn't that big of a deal. And that you're hoping that it not only doesn't impact his ability to run, but also his ability to throw. Footwork is a huge part of what makes a quarterback great and what makes a quarterback accurate. So hopefully all that's there. It's I don't think it's such a bad injury that like they they that he can't play. The coaching staff obviously likes him and they are willing to give him the chance to play. So if they're willing to give him the chance to play, the foot injury shouldn't be that big of a deal. He's number one. I think Heineke's got a little bit more upside than Tua does, so he's second for me. Um, but all three. Taysom, Taylor, Tua, the T's, triple, triple T's at quarterback.
0: And so you're going, you're going Heineke second, Dave. I am. Okay. Jamie's got Heineke and Tua basically tied. I think you said Tua makes sense to be number two. Is that because of his first name?
2: Of course. Yeah. And also the matchup against the giants. And I think you see just the pass volume, what they're doing, what they're doing, Uh, you know, even in a game where they're up 33 to 10, he threw 31 times, you know, so they're, they're going to throw and throw and throw and throw and throw and throw and throw. But he throws five yards. At
0: his he's got the care. second lowest a dot or average intended air yards per pass attempt in the NFL, ahead of only Jared Goff.
2: Yes, uh, true. Uh, but you're also looking ahead with him, and Fuller and Parker will be back. Yeah,
0: yeah. You think the Giants are an easy matchup? I mean, they don't. They probably won't have a worry Jackson. So that helps. I don't
1: think it's a run away from matchup. Right, right. Yeah, it's a decent matchup. But okay. I also think the Las Vegas matchup is good for Heineke.
0: Heineke, man, he just, he's got some bad touchdown luck. He gets a lot of one touchdown games, but he throws for a decent amount of yards and he can run a little bit
1: too. He was close to having two touchdowns on Monday night.
0: Exactly. Yeah. He's,
1: he's, my problem with Heineke is that I feel like he's inconsistent, where one game he's going to look great. Like he didn't have great fantasy numbers in, in week 12, but he still looked pretty good for most of the game. But he's had games where he's just looked awful. Yeah. I'm I, I'm hoping, if you're starting him, it's with the hope that he has a, a good game, doesn't play like crap, and hits his upside, which is probably in the neighborhood of 24 fantasy points. And against Las Vegas, I think that's doable.
2: And, and Las- to be fair, you know, I can't say that is getting guys back. He just got Logan Thomas and Curtis Samuel back, so hopefully yeah. those guys not on a pitch count will help. But maybe losing McKissick also is a counter to that because he's been such a valuable role in the passing game.
1: Sure, but they can also use Gibson and Patterson in the passing game. They're not quite as well. Patterson isn't as explosive as McKissick. We'll see about Gibson. I guess it's fair to say that that Gibson isn't either, but they can fill in that role.
0: So usually uh, streaming quarterbacks wasn't a huge thing this year, just because the top 12 quarterbacks were so consistently good, but things are changing. So we don't have Rodgers this week or Cam Newton or Ryan Tannehill or Baker Mayfield. But are there any other, Typical must-start quarterbacks that you're thinking about streaming Taysom Hill ahead of.
2: Um, he's right behind Russell Wilson right now. I uh, wouldn't have a problem putting that Russell Wilson after last night. Um, Kyler, you know, if you don't have Hopkins and we don't know how good, you know, Kyler's health is, um, I would play Kyler over Taysom Hill right now. But those those two are close.
0: How About Stafford?
2: Uh, no, I'll stick. No, I'm starting Stafford. Okay.
0: And Josh Josh Allen against the Patriots.
2: Oh, yeah, I well. think Taysom's better than Josh Allen.
0: <laughs> it's facing <is> the Patriots. <laughs> uh, uh, how about uh, Garoppolo and Wentz? Where do they factor in here?
2: Uh, Wentz would be ahead of those guys. Um, Garoppolo, sure. well behind,
0: because of Debo, yep. I assume.
2: Uh, no Debo, and um, I mean, look, give Seattle's defense credit. They played well last night. They kept them in the game. I know the last drive it seemed like they they were on the field for a ton, but they were on the field a ton the entire game. And the fact that they were stable were able to get some Keith their down stops, I thought was pretty impressive for what uh for what the the, the way that the game was going, because it was three and out, three and out, three and out for Seattle almost all night long. And Seattle's defense has to be tired.
0: Let me tell you something. They have played eight hundred and seven plays. They've been on the field for eight hundred and seven plays. The next three teams behind them, have all played an extra game. So the Seahawks, when you just look at teams that have played 11 games, they lead the league in, in defensive snaps to begin with. But if you just look at the teams that play 11 games, they have 807. The Raiders are second at 749. It is unbelievable. They are so bad at time of possession. Their defense is consistently on the field, and somehow they're keeping them in games. So good for them. Okay. What happens when you don't have a run game? Yeah, 100%. And, and they're the worst third-down team, too.
2: Right, that's more important. It's the third-down conversions.
0: But they're related. I mean, because yeah, exactly. And did you see this? I'm sorry to detour here. We'll get to the running backs in a second. We've already talked about a lot of them. That going into the game, and I feel like it it didn't change. I don't know this for sure. The Washington football team has had third and one, every single third and one, they have run the football. Every one going into the Seahawks game. And I, I want to say they did it they did it all throughout the game too. But I thought that was amazing. Um, all right, running backs, Dave, the top ones to look at. Okay, we got Madison. We got Jamal Williams. <laughs> we did this segment already, but you could run through it again. Oh, the wood's going to hate you. Oh, the wood, yeah. Jerk. Uh,
1: Madison, if he's there, you're getting him. I think Scott over Williams, if it's non-PPR, half-PPR, full-PPR, I'd give the nod to Williams over Scott. That's as of now. That's as of assuming that DeAndre Swift is not playing and that Sanders and Jordan Howard will not play for Philadelphia. If you can wait a little while, Foreman and Hilliard are the guys to go and grab off the waiver wire as uh, spec ads, stash plays, et cetera, et cetera. Okay.
0: All right, Dave, I'll give you the wide receivers.
1: Who are your favorite wide receivers this week? Does Van Jefferson qualify making the cut? He's available in 31% of leagues. Is that too low?
0: Well, you can imagine how many leagues is available in on other websites. <laughs> so right, right. I, I so in other so.
1: leagues, he's going to be available. I think he's the best guy to go and get at wide receiver who can help you in week 13. Uh, Jamie's right. It's not a great crop after that. Uh, Reynolds is someone I think is decent. I think he's usable in week 13. It just gives the lions a a downfield threat as well as a short area guy and a size guy on top of it all. He's just not a great player, but I think he's going to continue to get targets. Russell Gage has gotten a lot of targets. He's basically PPR only. And then the giants have this guy. They've really rarely used him until last week. They gave him more targets. His name is Kenny Galladay. Might be a decent bench receiver, might have a couple of weeks where he pops toward the end of the year. Same thing with Kadarius Toney, and both those guys are available in less than half of CBS leagues, but we know that other sites, they might be way more available, and they're worth at least stashing, I would say, on the bench. Last receiver I'll mention is Rondell Morey, 70% available on CBS. Decent spec ad in PPR.
0: And I, th- I think there's going to be some sentiment for Kendrick Bourne. I'm I'm seeing a you know a comment here Bourne deserves mentioning they got he the does. Bills he really this does. Week. I think I think that's Mac Jones' guy. Right. But what about the Bills? They got the Bills this week. They have them right. And they have a bye so, coming up, I believe, and then they yeah, have the Bills Yeah, but White, so the
2: secondary is a little bit different from Buffalo now. Uh Born, the thing about Bourne is he's touchdown dependent. I mean, you know, he hasn't had uh, a lot of games with heavy target volume, heavy catch reception, heavy reception totals, excuse me. Um, but he's finding the end zone, and that's where Mac Jones is looking at, you know, between him and Hunter Henry. So it's just a matter of, you know, will he disappoint you at some point when you start to buy in and that's the fear with somebody like this. But, um, for me, once you get past the giants guys, it's all a crap shoot. And even the giants guys are crap shoot. So I would look at Galladay first, uh, with the hope that getting the other guys back as well, will open some things up for him. And then you look at born second, uh, behind Kenny. Gallaudet.
0: When you talk about the giants guys, can you please remove the word shoot from your statement when you talked about being a crap shoot? <laughs> just, <laughs> there you go. Sorry. I didn't know where you are going Could have been a more obvious joke, I guess. All right, Jamie, who are the top tight ends?
2: Uh, Logan Thomas, I think, is still one, but Foster Moreau is right behind him, just depending on how long Darren Waller is going to be out. Uh, Thomas, you know, depending on what side of the equation you're on, should have had a touchdown last night <laughs> against the uh, Seattle. <laughs> um, but, you know, hopefully more playing time leads to better production. And um, we saw what he was at the start of the season. And then Moreau had one start so far this year in place of Darren Waller, and he had six catches for 66 yards in the touchdown. It was against Philadelphia. But, you know, hopefully that's a go-to guy now for uh, for Derek Carr. And then Cole Komet coming off the eight-catch game against Detroit. You know that there is no Allen Robinson as of now. Uh, Robinson continues to be out two of the last three games for Komet. Uh, he's been heavily involved. Still looking for his first touchdown, but uh, not a bad starter in PPR. He's basically the new Dan Arnold. Um, you know, a guy that will catch the ball a lot and may not do a lot with it, but should get a lot of targets in his offense, especially if Andy Dalton is still a starter.
0: Don't forget James
2: Oshag Hennessy or James O'Shaughnessy, as he likes. Yeah, I goal. mean, if you want to go past the top three, I think Gerald Everett and, and, and O'Shaughnessy are. Oh, are Everett!
0: Yeah, you. So you have you have Everett. I didn't give you Everett
2: this morning when I first sent you the notes, but I I, I neglected that.
0: No, nah, I should have gotten that one too. He's clearly getting a bigger role. Yeah, he's not bad. He's the new, He's DK, new DK Metcalf. Metcalf yeah. Hey, this jigs. <laughs> All right, Dave, uh, you want to do DSTs and IDP?
2: Uh, I'm not ready to do DSTs, but I've got IDPs. All right, so Jamie, give me the DSTs. Yeah, the Vikings would be one. It, this is just it, it. It was pretty remarkable that the DSTs that were held for some teams on a buy, but the Vikings would be one. Uh, I'm going to buy into the chief defense playing better. I'll put them too. They're not a must start DST, but you know Denver dealing with a banged up Teddy Bridgewater that could certainly help if banged up a line too. And, uh, and the Bengals, I put third, even though um you know it, you never know which Chargers team is going to show up. If they let Justin Herbert throw and play free, I think they're going to put up points. If they don't, then they'll be a little bit more of a stagnant team. And the Bengals' defense coming off a real strong game against Pittsburgh.
0: I'm going to give you three more that might be available in some shallower leagues or some other websites. Rams against Jaguars. Yep. Eagles at the Jets. Yep. Dolphins against the Giants. Cardinals against the Bears, too
2: oh perfect all right who who give me your two favorites from that group oh uh cardinals would be one and eagles would be the ahead of the rams
1: oh i'm sorry rams number one okay rams cardinals eagles dolphins rams eagles and cardinals are all top five dsts for me that this week Uh, all right (laughs) what
0: if (laughs) if zach wilson doesn't play maybe maybe we have to sink the eagles
1: right
2: you got to change the eagles a little bit uh kickers jamie uh, Daniel Carlson, hard to overlook what he just did. Um, you know, still kicking it home. So don't have to worry about any weather, uh, Matt Gay against Jaguars, same situation coming off a poor game for him, but still trust him against Jacksonville. And then Matt Prater against, uh, the bears, uh, I'll buy back into Prater, even though he was a miss fest. Uh, and some people were suggesting to choke him, um, in, uh, in week t- uh, 11. <laughs> okay.
1: And IDPs, Dave. Kyle Van Noy has put up double-digit PPR points, or PPR. What the hell? Uh, Tackle points in leagues where full tackles count for a full point. He's been uh, really good the last three weeks. He would be a top guy to add. Bradley Roby with the Saints at DB is another one. He's put up some pretty good numbers lately. Uh, J. Ron Curse in Dallas, I would actually put him ahead of Roby. His numbers have been great, at least nine in three of his past four games. And Jalen Phillips, if you're looking for a defensive lineman, might be out there. Uh, he's had a, a decent game and a great game over the last two weeks. One more Aziz Al Shair. This is assuming that Dre Greenlaw's injury for the 49ers is significant. He had been a really good linebacker for the Niners, and now he might have an opportunity to step up again if Greenlaw is out. Okie okay, dokie. Okay. So let's go to Washington and
0: Seattle. Who had more of a touchdown catch? Uh, Logan Thomas or David Njoku?
2: <laughs> uh, well didn't the joke count
0: yeah, yeah it did and thomas's didn't
2: yeah i i um, think
0: that the both calls were were right i know people were flipping out about the Nijoku thing right in the yeah, sense that they, they shouldn't have overturned it i don't know that it was right but i don't think i think they they did the right thing keeping it but
2: there were some bad calls this weekend on
0: touchdowns yeah. yep what else what am i missing
2: what what, what was bad oh uh the Van Jefferson touchdown, I believe, was called in, right? Oh, his, his yeah, throw. yeah, yeah.
0: You mean, right, in they got overturned. That was um, bad.
1: Um, there was, was one with the Titans. There was a call in yes, the Tennessee game. Yes. Uh, the
2: uh, Westbrook touchdown, that was very obvious that they called him. No oh, that was terrible. Yeah, oh. Right,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. All right, so anyway, to this Monday night thriller. 17-15, the score. Seattle had the ball for 18 minutes and 20 seconds. Washington had the ball for 41 minutes and 40 seconds. What is the impact of the J.D. McKissick injury, Dave,
1: if he's out? If he's out, I'm sure you'll see Jared Patterson start to work in as as a, the secondary back behind Gibson. I'm not convinced that he'll be the passing downs back just because he filled that role on Monday uh, in the wake of the injury. I think it'll be a little bit of a reevaluation It makes me a little bit worried that maybe Gibson loses some of that rushing down's work because Patterson's better there than he is in the past game. But I I think it really does make Gibson uh, the potential to be the workhorse that we all kind of dreamed about back in August. So the timing's great. It's terrible that it's happening to McKissick, especially in the game where he had two touchdowns. But I I think that there's a real opportunity for Gibson to finish the year strong. Or at least have a strong game.
0: Yeah, oh man, he's been three in a row now. He's just gotten a lot of work. And you know what? Washington is playing better. They're playing better. Their offensive
1: they're line's playing great, killing. The their clock. offensive line's better. Their strategy overall is better. Yeah. I think their defense is improved as well. And aren't don't they have the last playoff spot now in the yes. NFC? I,
0: I think this every is team is within a, a game of the playoffs except for the Lions.
2: They're yeah. still in the hunt for the division.
0: If the Cowboys lose this <laughs> week, then it becomes pretty interesting. Yeah. It,
2: it's, They've only played one division game.
0: Well, that's probably a good thing for them. (laughs) They got a lot of Eagles, and they got one game against the Giants coming up. But two against the Cowboys, that'll be a determining factor. And the Eagles are right there, too. All right, so anyway, uh, Gibson is a must-start. McLaurin's still a must-start?
1: Yes.
2: Yep.
0: He's got four games this year with 103 or more yards and at least one touchdown. He has seven games with 62 or fewer yards and no touchdowns. It's been a frustrating ride, but you start him.
1: It's been the Tyler Lockett ride. Those two were the Spider-Man meme against each other.
0: Is Lockett better than Metcalf rest of season?
1: Oh, boy.
2: Uh, no. I'm going to guess there's a squeaky wheel game coming for Metcalf. But
1: Lockett's been cruising. The, the, we're No one's asking about whether or not to start Lockett anymore, which is great. And I'm not sure there's going to be many people asking whether or not they start Metcalf moving forward. The problem is, is that Seattle started it. We, we touched on it with Everett. They wanted to get Everett more involved. That came at a cost. Lockett only had five targets. Metcalf only had four. Metcalf, I don't think, even got a target till the second half. Goodness. This team doesn't get have the ball that much either. So, uh, until they can really work out all their problems, I, I don't see there being enough for all three, Lockett, Metcalf, and Everett, to be you know, slam-dunk productive in fantasy.
0: Metcalf has played seven games with Russell Wilson, with Wilson starting and finishing, and he has more than 65 yards once in seven games. That's unbelievable. I think Lockett has yard, 95 or more yards in four or five of those games with Russell Wilson mm-hmm. starting and finishing. So it's, uh, it's strange, and it's disappointing. I, I know I have Metcalf in one league, and there's no way I'm sitting him. But uh, he gets double teamed all the time, and his quarterback isn't the same. So I mean, maybe, look, maybe next year, Daniel
2: yet. Jones to D.K. Metcalf will be just
0: fine. <laughs> oh, I, I, Please. If, uh, that, I'm assuming that means Russell Wilson's on the Giants. I'm all about that. <laughs> you
2: can take that for whatever you want. <laughs>
0: okay. That's what I would
2: assume, yes.
0: I think maybe the Giants cut Daniel Jones, the Seahawks sign him as a backup, and Wilson gets hurt. Oh, they're going to send him there with some two draft fir- capital. Two first-round picks? Yep. Okay, I think that's – is that pretty much it? I mean – yeah. That's I mean, it.
1: do we need to talk about the Seattle run game? No. There is one.
0: <laughs> well, where are you where are you ranking Russell Wilson this week against the Niners? Outside uh, of the top 12. All right, 13 for Jamie, outside of the top 12 for Dave. It'll be
1: lower than that for me. Yeah. Lower than
0: that. Let's go to the dropometer meter. Here we go. Cam Newton, 87% rostered going into a bye. Cam Newton, zero to 10. ten. Ten. Oh. How about Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley?
2: Now, you can pick up Newton for Week 14, but I wouldn't hold him now. Okay. Uh, Beasley and... Atlanta Week 14. And Sanders. Uh, Sanders is a 10 in any format. Beasley is a 4 in PPR and a 10 in non-PPR. Works for me.
0: This is a tough one. Michael Gallup, 85% rostered coming off a 100-yard game, but you know the
1: circumstances. 0-10 to 10 on Gallup. Right. I'd like to keep him if I also have Cooper or Lamb. If I don't have those guys on my team, he's going to be on my bench. I'm probably not going to feel good ever starting him, so he would be close to nine on the dropometer. Uh, he's a three
2: for me in any format. I want to see what happens when everybody's healthy. We saw week one seven targets and a half in a game where they had to throw. Uh, we've seen this defense become a little bit leaky, and the run game is falling apart. So I don't want to get rid of him yet before he continues to be a significant. Like, I'd rather have Michael Gallup than Cortland Sutton right now, for example.
0: Yeah, yeah on, that's fair. He's on the drop. We'll too. How about yeah,
2: Jerry Judy? We can
1: just go ahead and give him the 10. Jerry Judy?
2: Uh, You know, that's that's a close one between Gallup and Judy. I'd probably still rather roster Judy, but this is uh, becoming a little frustrating with this Broncos offense. This is an a interesting little? week because if they're in typical Chiefs land where they're chasing points, like we see with a lot of Chiefs opponents in the Patrick Mahomes era, I just haven't seen it a lot this year, then hopefully Judy gets a spike in targets and finally starts to play well. But, They're going to be very run-heavy, as we've seen, and the quarterback play has been bad, as we've seen. So Judy's getting very close to being cut across the board.
1: I'm hanging on to him in all my PPR and half-PPR leagues. I would say he's a 6 on the dropometer and non-PPR.
0: Kenny Galladay, 60%. Zero. Yeah, he's
1: he's a bench guy.
0: Mike Davis, 70% rostered. Oh, 10. He's a waiver-wire guy, 11. Rashad Bateman, 74%
1: rostered. I want to hold him for another week, so uh, I'll say four at most. I'll say eight. You can let him go. Too, there are too many other players that we've talked about on the waiver wire that I'd rather have than Bateman. To the waiver wire. We're going to repeat
0: some names, and we'll go a little further in depth here. So quarterback, we've got the two guys who are in the check-to-see-if-available list would be Derek Carr and Carson Wentz. And I did add Garoppolo there, but Jamie did not. was not into that. He's 74% rostered and uh, no Debo and a tough matchup.
2: Well, I think you're starting to see the, the the ceiling also. You know, it was two games over 20 fantasy points five games ago or five and four games ago. And then the last three, 19 points or less. Like, where is where is he living for the most part of the season? He's living under 20 fantasy points, right? And so is, is that a guy that you want to roster and trust when you have Tua, I think, as a higher ceiling? Heineke, I think, has a higher ceiling. Wentz, who, you know, certainly shown you has a higher ceiling in a great matchup this week. So I just don't know how many people should be trusting Garoppolo. And this was kind of Heath's point, you know, uh, counter to what Dave and I said this weekend was, you know, for a guy throwing under 200 passing yards back-to-back weeks, you're you're relying on touchdowns. And when the touchdowns go away, this is what you get.
0: Oh, okay. But so the thing with Garoppolo is, yes, you're talking about weeks uh, 10 and 11, less than 200 yards. But he threw 19 times and 22 Uh, times. Yes, 10 and 11 this past week he threw 26 times for 230 yards. I'm gonna guess his yards per attempt is really good. you just I, I don't think he's gonna have to throw a lot against Seattle and yeah it's not an appealing setup but but I think you know I just think Garoppolo is playing pretty well. then again I obviously the Debo injury is huge. Right, we don't to talk about Garoppolo anymore so Derek Carr, how much do you trust him with uh that stinking Mariota guy there doing his taysom Hill impression? But also against Washington gives up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. They just let Russell Wilson of all players score twenty two points, and yeah, somehow
1: Carl- Tom Brady did not. As far as the top ten quarterback this week, wow. Even without, high, Wall- Even without Waller, like yeah. Woo. All right.
2: Uh, so you like Car- do you do without Waller for most of the game against Dallas?
0: Yeah, he scored twenty two points. He it was an overtime game.
1: He threw yeah, for 300,
0: 373 yards. That's
1: true. <laughs> I'd take him over anybody that we've already talked about, or the waiver, or at least the waiver wire quarterbacks that we talked about. Yeah, I'd start him over Kyler this week. I'd start him over,
2: uh, over Russ. I'd start him over Heineke. I'd start him over Tua. Oh
1: man, I can't wait Oof. to
0: talk about this because this is risky with the way Washington is running the ball and controlling the clock lately. Agreed. All right, Jamie, I like it. I like the boldness. Um, you, uh, Carson Wentz or Derek Carr, guys. Wentz. A uh, car. Wow. Okay. And then.
2: I mean, <laughs> it, so so the Colts running the ball doesn't factor in it all here?
0: <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. It's fair. So, right. It, he threw 20, Wentz threw 20 times last time they faced Houston. He scored 20 points. But you can't imagine a lot of volume there for Wentz.
2: No. Okay. So then Taysom Hill. The one time they had to throw recently, they lost.
0: That's it, exactly right. He's he throws a, a lot more in losses than wins. All right, Taysom Hill, Tua Tungavailoa, and Taylor Heineke are the top three. That's the order for Jamie. For Dave, it's Taylor. it's uh it's Taysom, Taylor, Tua. Taysom Hill, Taylor Heineke, Tua Tungavailoa.
1: I think if it's, if it's strictly for one week, I might go Heineke over Taysom. Taysom's ahead of, of Taylor just because of the rest of season factor.
0: And then you had another Taylor. You got Terod Taylor, who's an option here against the Colts. They are third worst against quarterbacks, although they've been better lately.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, once you get past the top three guys, it's all risky. So I think when you look at Taylor, Terod Taylor, um, it's nice that David Culley said he's still the guy. But you imagine if he's struggling again, they're going to pull him. And then he hasn't exactly played great uh, in the three starts that he's made since coming back from the ankle injury. But the nice thing is, is he's running 23 or more rushing yards in each of the three starts that he's made recently and probably chasing points against the Colts.
0: Daniel Jones at Miami. This is just a kind of desperation. And then Mac Jones yep. against at Buffalo and then a buy. Uh, that's it. Okay. Running backs. Uh, uh, we don't really have to do this again. <laughs> I'll throw some more names. What about Devin Singletary? He's 75% yep. rostered. What, how do you feel about him?
2: So he had more touches than Matt Breida in the Thursday game. He played late in the game, obviously when the when the score was uh, well in hand. But Breida outperformed him in terms of yards. He scored the touchdown. He's playing more on passing downs when the you know game is in in control uh, or game is in in competitive. And so I think Breida you know has shown you the last three weeks that he's got an opportunity maybe to be the best running back in Buffalo. We'll see if that's the case rest of season. But Singletary should absolutely be rostered. You know you're still looking at a guy that's been. More than adequate every time Zach Moss has been off the field, and so you know he's he's in the flex discussion certainly against the Patriots defense that has struggled against the run. What do you
1: guys Both think guys about this? Both guys should be rostered. I don't I I don't know how good you'll feel starting him against New England this week, Tampa Bay next week. And I mean, New, Inland, New England, England has had a,
0: a really up and down run defense. You know, I agree. a lot of terrible games, usually bad in the passing game against running backs.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're going to dare true. Buffalo to run. Right, yeah.
0: So, but let me, what do you think about this? So, in that Thursday game last week against the Saints, Matt Breida had eight carries in the first half. Devin Singletary had four. In the second half, it was 11 to one Singletary. Does that mean anything to you? Or could that just, just be a week to week fluke thing?
2: He was the clock killer. I think it's a week to I think it's almost like Singletary is replacing Moss and, and Breida replacing Singletary.
1: Mm. Yeah,
2: that could be.
0: So, who would you rather have, Singletary or Breida?
1: Still Singletary. I'd rather speculate on Breida fair.
0: Okay. Now, given all the things we've said about Chuba Hubbard's schedule and the fact that he has a bye this week, should he actually be kind of far down the list behind Jamal Williams, Boston Scott, behind even maybe a yes. Sonny Michelle?
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: it depends on what you need because you know we could get to the end of the week and Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard are playing and DeAndre Swift made a miraculous recovery and he's back. And then what are you looking at? Backup running backs where at least this guy has starter potential for the rest of the season. So, if you need somebody for this week, obviously you're not picking up Chuba Hubbard or Amir Abdullah. If you need somebody rest of season, you should absolutely be picking up those guys ahead of Jamal Williams and Boston Scott.
0: And I don't think we've talked enough about Sonny Michelle, but quad strain for Daryl Henderson and 20, what did he have? 20 carries, three catches in the one game he played without Daryl Henderson. Week
2: three against Tampa Bay. Yeah.
0: yeah. And this they should be leading, should be able to run the ball against Jacksonville. And then it, you never know. It could linger for uh for for the, yeah, Daryl Henderson. So, Michelle, 41% rostered. Okay. Deontay Foreman. you Dave, you like Foreman better than Hilliard?
1: I do. Jamie? even in PPR. I, I just, I think he's the their best replacement for Derrick Henry. And Hilliard was great in the passing game two games ago. Didn't do a lot in Week 12. Jeremy McNichols will eventually be back. Does Hilliard still have that role when McNichols is healthy? I don't think Hilliard nor McNichols will take away a significant amount of the work from Deontay Foreman.
0: Okay. Would you guys rather have Foreman or Hubbard?
1: Hubbard. I would rather have Foreman.
0: All right. Jamie, how about Tevin Coleman and the Jets guys? Coleman's only 16% rostered and had 16 carries last week.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's clearly the lead guy, um, you know, based on how they use Ty Johnson and not throwing the ball, uh, which is the appeal for Ty Johnson, and then working in Austin Walter. You know, I, I think all of these backfields, you know, Dave mentioned McNichols coming back. I wouldn't be surprised if McNichols comes back and it just becomes messy for all of those guys because clearly Hilliard was more explosive than Deontay Foreman ever will be in the one carry that he had for the, the touchdown run. Um, so that's a messy backfield. The Panthers' backfield is going to be messy backfield. The Jets' backfield is going to be messy until Michael Carter comes back. And that's now two games away. So it's two tough matchups as well. So, I, I I mean, yes, you should be adding Tevin Coleman. You should be adding these guys. But they're not standout, must-start guys, rest away. They're, they're good for now, again, with the the options of maybe William Scott and and Michelle. But in terms of, like, the guys that have potential starting jobs for the foreseeable future without, you know, injury concerns you have to worry about. And what I mean by that is McCaffrey's not coming back. Um, Michael Carter, you know, is out for two games. Th- those are just messy situations.
0: Yeah, we kind of identified last week for Tevin Coleman as his best chance to have a fantasy impact. Uh, it went to looking at yep. the upcoming schedule. I, I, ho- I wonder if they gave Austin Walter the touchdown because it was a homecoming for him. He's a Houston guy.
1: But that was really, really they gave annoying. him, I think they gave him red zone work. They gave him nine I carries. more
2: carries than, than Ty Johnson for what that's worth.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's pretty annoying. All right. I think they wanted to see what he could do.
0: Uh, Jared Patterson, Phillip Lindsay, DJ Dallas, some speculative ads there. Um, David Johnson, he wasn't on the list. Any interest in David Johnson? Nope. Or or Rex Burke? Okay. Uh, And then I just, again, I want to throw out Jordan Howard because if, I think it's possible. It's possible he has a role this week if he plays, especially if Sanders is out. I I even feel like he'd be ahead of Boston Scott
1: because he was ahead of Boston Scott when Sanders was out. I think he deserves a, a bench spot for sure. Okay. And not everyone's going to be thinking about him. So you could make him your last waiver claim and just stash him.
0: Wide receivers. Jamie put Calvin Ridley in the column. We have no idea, but you know what the potential is if he comes back. And Van Jefferson is another guy that is available in only 32% of leagues, but would be, as Dave said earlier, probably the number one wide receiver option. And then for
1: this week and rest of season.
0: Dave, you talked a lot about the Giants guys. You didn't mention Sterling Shepard, probably because he's making almost no progress. But if they're all healthy, is he the best one? He's got probably. 17 or more PPR fantasy points in all three of the games he did not leave with an injury.
1: He'd be the one that I would trust, especially in PPR. Oh, Hopefully, man. there's some good news eventually. Would love to see him back. Yeah, the Patriots guys are next on the list behind the Giants guys
0: for Jamie. And it's, you know, unfortunately, it's Buffalo, then a bye. But, so what about A.J. Green? You know, he, he wasn't bad earlier this year. He's 59% rostered, Jamie. Do you have any interest in A.J. Green?
2: Absolutely. I mean, you know, you're looking at a guy that... Uh, well, first off, I'll say this. Absolutely if DeAndre Hopkins is out. Because you get Kyler back, and then you have Christian Kirk, Green, and Rondell Moore as the top three guys. Um, you know, so... And he had uh, 11 PPR points in his last game before their bye week. You know, so a little bit of a bounce-back game with Colt McCoy. And so... You know, you kind of know what you're getting from him. I think he's, uh, you know, decent floor, not very high ceiling. So if Hopkins doesn't play, then yes. And then Dave mentioned Rondell Moore. You know, the hope would be is that what we saw prior to the bye week, where he had uh, a zillion catches and no yards with it, but um, certainly involved (laughs) in the offense. And without Chase Edmonds on the field, which he's not coming back yet, you know, he feels more like the pass catching running back option, even though he's not lining up and playing in that particular role all the time.
0: And then we have partial owner of the Houston Texans, T.Y. uh, Hilton. Yep. Just every game. He's only had one good game this year. Well, he caught a touchdown last week. It was against the Texans. He had four catches for 80 yards on four targets. So he's just got this thing in his career. He is dynamite against Houston. Russell Gage going against Tampa Bay. Gage is, you know, not a lot of yards. Doesn't usually score. He did last week.
1: He started to play a lot more on the outside this year. So the versatility is helping him out, but I don't think he's like a downfield threat for Atlanta at all. He's the guy that Ryan's turning to when every defense is double-teaming Kyle Pitts.
0: Josh Reynolds is someone Dave mentioned earlier. He's got Minnesota this week with no Patrick Peterson, uh, most likely. No
1: pass rush.
0: Yep. Jawan Jennings for San Francisco. Almost had two touchdowns, but that's obviously a deep league option. All right, I'm going to throw a few names at you. How do you feel about him? Deshaun Jackson against Washington.
1: You'd have to be desperate to start him in a non PPR league. Lavisca Chenault. You'd have to be desperate.
0: <laughs> Nick Westbrook on a bye, but is he the number? He led the team in receiving with twenty five yards last week.
1: Not. A time. I nah, bet you pick could, him up on a bye week. Right. I bet you could pick him up Saturday night. Okay. Or if you week. wanted to carry him. If he yeah, were, you
0: if he were day. playing, I mean, what's your general interest in Nick Westbrook or Nick Westbrook Aquina, depending on what site you're on?
2: Uh, still minimal. I mean, hopefully right. Julio Jones is back. He's got one more week out, and then AJ Brown is back. They're just not going to throw these guys a ton.
0: All right, tight ends. Logan Thomas. I mean, he might be one of the better pickups outside of yep. running back.
1: This week? Yes. <laughs> Ahead all of all the receivers for me. I mean,
0: he's got the best. He's got the best schedule of any player at any position. I, I don't know this for sure, but I feel comfortable saying it. It's the Raiders who are second to last against tight ends. The Cowboys the Eagles who are who are the worst, the Cowboys again, and the Eagles again. So Logan Thomas, 58% rostered. Foster Moreau. Jamie, you like Thomas better than Moreau?
2: I like Thomas better than Moreau. There's more long-term appeal.
0: Dave, how about you? Moreau or Thomas? Thomas.
1: Thomas what? could evolve into a must-start fantasy tight end. Finding one of those guys off the waiver wire at this point in the year is amazing. What if you're the Waller manager and you just want a guy for one week, Thomas or Moreau?
2: I'd still take Thomas.
0: Same. Cole Komet. Now you see Arizona, they are best against tight ends, but they really have not played any good ones except for Kittle, basically, who had 101 yards and a touchdown. So Komet. Jack Doyle is also on this list. He's got five to seven targets in three straight games, and he faces the Texans, who have given up the sixth most points to tight ends. And James O'Shaughnessy. O'Shaughnessy had five targets last week after the injury to Dan Arnold. And he had eight targets in week one before they had Dan Arnold, and then he got hurt in week two. So I know Don't it's not... Don't forget a, Everett, too. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Gerald Everett. So where, if we're re-ranking the tight ends, where's Everett?
2: I put Everett fourth behind Thomas, Moreau, and Komet. Okay. And I put Doyle behind O'Shaughnessy.
0: There's always Tyler Conklin, too. What do you guys think about him going up against
2: Detroit? I think you kind of seen like when the matchup is fantastic, he does well. And when the matchup is if you're bad, he does poorly, like he did last week.
0: I know Detroit is technically 14th against tight ends, but it's a pretty good matchup, although they did very well against Conklin
1: earlier this season. Hey, they did. Don't
0: start Tyler Conklin,
1: (laughs) just don't do it. They did allow 10 half PPR points to both Komet and Jimmy Graham on Thanksgiving. Yes, yes, indeed.
0: And the DSTs, the Vikings, the Chiefs, the Bengals, would you sit the Patriots DST or the Bills DST in that matchup, those two teams facing each other? Would you sit the Patriots or the Bills for the Vikings, the Chiefs, or the Bengals?
2: I'd try to. Um, I don't want to sit the Patriots DST because we've seen Josh Allen in some tough matchups really struggle. Uh, So, And I'm not going to roster two DSTs if I have the Patriots. Right now. I know you have to do it next week with them on a buy. So if you want to look ahead and, you know, if there's somebody you can use for two weeks, then that's a different story. But um, that's a tough roster move to have to make with all the other moves you might be making now. So I still trust the Patriots' DST. And we really haven't seen Mac Jones in a tough game lately. You know, so this is going to be a tough game for him. Tough defense. I think it will be.
0: And the kicker streamers are Carlson, Matt Gay, and Matt Prater. And my final thought, guys, is that we saw what football looks like when you don't have any kickers. We saw that yesterday with Washington, where they, instead of kicking the game-sealing field goal, they had to go for it on fourth down, and it was awesome. So this whole band kickers thing could make its way to the NFL if they want a better product, I'm just saying. And that is it for today's show. We'll see you tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. Thank you very much for watching and listening. We'll make your waiver claims. It's going to take you a while tonight. Clear some some space on your schedule. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.